Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57. And I've got all my usual line mates with me this evening, back from a little one-week hiatus. And uh, we're going to talk about, well, there's some hockey stuff. There's some non-hockey stuff. You know, not too much going on in the Blackhawks world these days, but it might get a little bit busier in a bit. So, uh... Bringing in the usual group up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness, Shepard Price. Hi, this is what happens to your voice when your team is up two games to nothing in the Stanley Cup final um, <laughs> and, 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 and scored 12 goals to four. Uh, this is what happens. That, so, all right, like my all right, voice what, is completely gone. I like the game last night, which was game two, that Vegas won seven to two. Like, was there any stress at all? Because after like... I don't know. After the fifth or sixth goal, you start to be like, I, I think they've got this one. Oh, I, after they scored f- like two goals. So they scored two goals in the first period, then scored two goals quickly in the second. After the, after that second goal in the second, it was like, Oh, all right. They put this away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was stunned. Like I thought, I thought there were going to be a lot more competitive. Ga- I thought every game would be like one or two goals. Maybe like an empty netter makes it a three goal game at the end. It's been surprising how, Kind of thoroughly, Vegas has kicked the shit out of Florida in the first two games, especially game two. Okay, we're very. I, th- I think we're very clearly the superior team at this point. I, I think I think Florida's fake tough, and I think um, they just don't. They back down every fight, and Matthew Chuck's got more penalties and minutes than he does. Uh, <laughs> I time on ice in the series. Yeah, um, it it does seem like uh, Vegas's depth is certainly coming to the forefront right now. For sure. Yes. Our, our bottom six is so much better than their bottom six. I'm not even funny. Oh, that helps. Uh, also with us this evening, uh, he's on Twitter at Mill182, and he is the second city hockey. What Mark Costanzo is to Len, it's Mill Savage. It's really funny you say that because I, I saw somebody in an outfit the other day, and I'm like, they look like they're in Len back in like 2001. <laughs> I, I, my, I have a cousin who made fun of me for this, but I – Every summer for at least three weeks, every summer, the song Steal My Sunshine by Len gets stuck in my head, and I am in that three weeks right now. Time to break the bucket head out. Um, (laughs) I know we'll probably get into other music stuff, but if you're kind of in the world Dave and I sort of live in, uh, New Dirty Nil and New Heart Attack, man, both whip ass. I'm very upset that... uh, um, I ended up having to work on Saturday and circumstances related to that meant I did not get up to the due division fest and where mm. dirty nil was playing on Saturday. And I'm, I'm going to be kicking myself for a while for that, but yeah, the record's very good. And new, uh, new teenage wrist song came out today and they announced their record. So and, go support all those bands. They're awesome. And thrice is rolling through town on Friday night and they announced they're coming back in October and uh, Wonder Years just released a new tour, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a good week. Hell yeah, hell yeah, exactly. Also with us this evening, she is not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bullen Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I feel like everybody else had more interesting <laughs> things. That they your your like, bye week wasn't quite as exciting. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was, I'm like, hmm. I watched a lot of Survivor. Because I'm going through that whole thing, and there's 44 seasons. <laughs> so, oh, that's it. I got, I got some. T- Survivor's been going on for like 20 something years. I didn't realize it was that yeah. long. Yeah, it's, there are, it's, there it's are kids, old. 
there are kids on the current of the not yeah this season the season before that 44 there's a kid on that season that's like 19 he wasn't even born when it started (laughs) he's on the show but i digress and then other than that i was like what else did i do i don't think i even went outside it's stupid hot out here right now. Oh I'm, yeah, that's that's right. You're at the part of the calendar where in that part of the country no one goes outside for like the next 3 months cuz it's unless you want to go outside and melt. Yeah, I'm not willing. I'm not ready to try to transition into summer at all, even a little bit. It's rainy outside, it's super humid, I bet. I'm not doing it. No. Yeah, all that, all that sounds terrible. Not 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 going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't blame you like it uh I think there were one or two days like that here about a week ago, and I I forgot how much they sucked. But then they went away. My understanding is down in the south they just stay there for like three months. Yeah, until like mid October. Yeah. Yeah. So well, well, that's well. It's not three months. It's all the way till. Sounds like it. Sounds like it's time to move, Betsy. That's all. That's all I got for you. Although if you move north, you're going to run into wildfires. So I don't know. Pick your poison. I just, I always think, you know, you see those things, it's like, at least I don't have hurricanes, at least I don't have earthquakes, at least I don't have, like, snowstorms. And I, I live in a place where there's, I live in a mountainy-ish area right now, and or when I'm in the city in Atlanta, so there's not usually a lot of tornadoes. So, at least I don't have that, but it's like natural disasters versus humidity, I, like, which is worse, I don't know. Well, that's, Betsy, I, can I tell you, can I tell you a secret? Sure. Chicago, Chicago doesn't have those things either. All the tornadoes avoid Chicago. Yeah, we need a northern place. We need a northern place. I was just about to say that the Chicago land area and and most Midwestern destinations uh, are mostly devoid of as long as you can deal with snow. That's, that's what I was saying. Only... It's like the opposite extreme. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like fewer. Pe- there's a lot less property damage in snowstorms than there are in hurricanes i could be wrong no no that's true i would never live in florida or along the coast of georgia but also i wouldn't live there because it's very red those are red areas of the country yeah would not do it counterpoint i can only play golf like three months of the year where i live (laughs) and it sucks so maybe i'll take the hurricane i don't know we're we're gonna find out So is this uh, indicative of where we're at on the hockey calendar that we're talking about weather for the first five minutes of this yeah. discussion? Yeah. Okay. Hey, I talked. I talked about hockey because my team's the one kicking ass right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. <laughs> you should have known that weather conversations are coming anyway because somewhere in the south, like half my conversations are like, "Why? Why is it happening out there like this?" I can't. St- Why do I live in the south? I don't know. I'm in baseball mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I was a baseball. Well, no, the White Sox have been a little bit better, and they're beating the Yankees. Yeah, it's still really bad. Don't no. we'll start kid ourselves. No, I know I, they're not good, but they're less bad. And the thing is, if you're just less bad in the AL Central, it might be enough to get you into the playoffs. Yeah, so, that division's kind of shitty. <laughs> kind of shitty is generous. What is uh, up with central divisions and being dog shit in general? You know, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I, I like there was a little talk at the top there between me and Shay, but Betsy and Mill, if either one of you had uh, Stanley Cup playoff thoughts and wanted to get them off your chest, now is a great time because we ain't got much hawks, uh, hawks, uh, hawk stuff uh, to get to. I don't know. Oh, 
I'm happy for Shea if this trajectory continues, but otherwise, I'm not really happy with blowouts. It has nothing to do with rooting interest. It's just boring to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, like, it's just as, a, as a, someone who is indifferent, I'm just like, oh, I want good hockey, and it's just not been very good. I, I hope, uh, Shea, you might have to earmuff this. I hope Florida wins the next two. Uh, the fashion I'm not really concerned about. I just want them to win the next two so that five and six have higher stakes and are hopefully more interesting. Cause right now, like if uh, I feel like if Vegas wins game three, like it's it, all my interest for the rest of the series is going to disappear hey. unless, unless hey. Florida forces a game seven from that three Oh deficit. Detroit, Dallas almost did it. So Dallas sucks. I them. told you Dallas sucked. From you said we'd sweep them and you jinxed the us. Entire, so how dare Vegas, you? Vegas might be the only team in the West that didn't suck. Like, seriously, right. like, the West was bad. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Although, the yeah, Red Rolls are just hurt. But, like, seriously. I don't like, think the Avalanche sucked. I think the Avalanche It would have been fun to watch unhealthy. Vegas in the Eastern playoffs because, not saying they wouldn't have still got to the final, but the, 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 the series might have been much more interesting. Also, part of the problem with the play this playoffs, like we all like the idea of the Panthers team because they're not like a bad team. They do have good mm. stats and stuff. Like they have good, they're they have a shitty coach, but they're a good team. Um, mm. Florida's underlying numbers are good all season. Their goalies just sucked, mm. and then their goalies yes, stopped sucking. Exactly. And this is what it's happened. not like they—they're they, not playing well right now. They're just doing it up. They're just like absolutely. No, oh yeah, we all agree with that. That's not that's not the point. But Florida's not a bad team. It's just that their bubble around their goaltender popped, and the, the horseshoe so fell out of Bobrovsky's ass. Is uh... yeah, and I mean, if you look yeah. at the game so far, they've Thanks, been man. Thanks for that visual. Decently, even except for like the third periods where the like if you look at them the numbers look like the Panthers are actually playing pretty well but that's only because of score effects in the third period um but otherwise they're not they're not that far off it's just that it doesn't feel that way like it doesn't feel like <laughs> the Panthers are getting the better chances and it all has to do with what Shay was talking about which is the Vegas has better depth like better quality depth the Panthers still have a decent system and blah, blah, blah. It's just not working out for them. It's boring to watch. It's true. <laughs> Bill, Bill's accurate on that. It's boring. I mean, like, again, I'm not really I, – I like Florida in general because they're, like, one of those weird teams that nobody gives a shit about. But I don't know. It's just not fun when it's blowouts. It reminds me of the Kings versus the Devils. Um, and then the Kings versus the Rangers. Maybe that's mm. closer. Yeah, um, that Rangers team had no business being in that final, though. I don't think the Panthers playing how they played in the playoffs do. Like, it's weird because the Panthers were fine in the regular season, but I don't think they were particularly that, like, good in their series. Bob was good. Mm. He saved, 50, like, 15 goals above expected, which was, like, almost three times like more than the next closest goaltender in the playoffs and better than any playoff run of a goaltender in the first three rounds, like in the last like 20 years or something like that. It was better than Thomas's run. It was better than Price's run. Um, and now he's, he's just not good. Like he's just like, like 
Dave said, the horseshoe fell out. I mean, look at his fucking save percentage in those first two games, which is just a very basic number. But even that's just like, ugh. Yeah, and not taking anything away from Vegas because they are the better team. It's just it's not interesting when it's not this close. Um, And and it would be nice if Florida would cover somebody. Like, yeah, exactly. It's not just Bob, but the defensive breakdowns they have had in in game two in particular were just. Like very basic defensive concepts. Like one, they gave up one goal because they only had four guys on the ice. Like just, Vegas reminds just me of the dumb shit. <laughs> Vegas reminds me of the 2002 Red Wings. I. That's that's a deep cut that I I don't have. <laughs> they they need more Russian Be, players of because that's, well no because but that's like, not even the Russian team. Look yeah. at their stars though. Like most of them they signed or traded for, which is not a bad thing. But they really loaded up on this, these guys. They're like they should win. They have such a a better roster. The Panthers? No, Vegas. Oh, Vegas. Yeah. My my. So I don't want to. I mean, I, this might upset Shay, but I apologize in advance. I was thinking like, like obviously these are two very good teams. They made it through the playoffs. Like Florida pulled off the huge upset of Boston. I don't want to say they're bad, but I would say it feels like as I look, like go down these rosters and I look at the level of like star talent and star power on these rosters. It feels like for lack of a better phrase, it feels like the Alexis Frenier of a Stanley cup final. Like I, like I feel like there are so many other teams, uh, other cup champion teams that whoever wins the series would get their asses handed to them or they would like, uh, the team that wins the cup this year will get their asses handed to them by several other cup winners of recent memory. This doesn't feel like the juggernaut Tampa team or that ungodly good Colorado team from last season. Well, we kicked Colorado's ass. Are you kidding? This season, well, this season, cause everyone was hurt. No, no, no. Last season, this team would kick last season, but Colorado Avalanche team. Let me ask. But who won the cup? We weren't in the playoffs. We were too hindered throughout the rest of the for that regular well, season. Didn't That's ask for why the regular season doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it, uh, if the if the Golden Nets win, they won the Boston. so it kind of does matter. <laughs> no, but I mean, Boston is a perfect example of they literally were the best team in terms of results. They right. beat out of but the Panthers during the regular season and then lost to them. Maybe the takeaway the isn't that box. the regu- maybe the takeaway isn't that the regular season doesn't matter. It's that the Boston Bruins played fucking. Pardon the French, balls to the wall all fucking regular season, and then they just had nothing left in the tank. They were like, they had their their main center was thirty seven year old. Yeah, because they were because they were all old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think, I think the bigger point is that the regular season matters into where you get to. It's not like it has to be a race, but it doesn't mean the results will be exactly the same. The Blackhawks, the year they got swept by Nashville, were better than Nashville during the regular season. They had fifty wins. Yeah, Nashville's the eighth seed, right? They were better than Nashville in every, like the games that they played against them too. Like they just were better, and then they got swept. Like there was a whole thing about like, oh, this is a good round for the Blackhawks because they played them so well in the regular yeah. season. It, sometimes it doesn't work that way in the playoffs, though. So I don't think you can say just because they were better in the regular season, they would have beat that juggernaut of an Avs team. You know why? Because there's too many effing games in the regular season. Yeah. Well, and also like. Playoffs are so cool because the teams can adjust to a particular team, you know, over the course of a series. Right. Uh, Quinville was like obviously his a little like 
off ice stuff is tainted, but on the ice, part of the reason that he was such a good coach is because he made adjustments throughout a series that wing series in 2013, the adjustments he made over the course of that series were the major reason that they, they ended up winning that. And then, um, they almost won the 2014 King series with his adjustments. Mm. So I don't know. We, I, we did get market correction though. Cause there were a couple of series where Q kind of was stubborn. And oh coached sure. Like it doesn't butt. always work. Yeah, it totally yeah. doesn't always and work. The talent, but the talent <laughs> outplayed him. Yeah, I think I think so good. absolutely. I think when you get into the seven game series, that's where the coaching has more of an effect because when you're playing an 82 game schedule and a different opponent, a different opponent every night, it's hard to completely tailor a game plan or any yeah. sort of strategy to yeah. a specific team. But when you're going to play the same team as many as seven times, maybe you, you know, maybe you forecheck a little bit harder or are more aggressive on the PK or what, whatever the adjustment is, you do little things like that, that would only work for that particular opponent because it's there. Um, I will say it would be very, would have been cool to see Vegas in the playoffs last year. I think they probably yeah. would have been the toughest competition for yeah. the Avs out of the West. I, I mean, they they're if Vegas wins, they're still going to hand them the cup. So it's not like, didn't they lose to Dallas in that uh, COVID year? Vegas. The, yeah. Well, every they were Dallas, that year. Though. Dallas made it to the cup yeah. that year and lost yeah, to Tampa. Was a fucking joke. I don't yeah. think Vegas has ever been a bat. Like any of the seasons that they've been have been bad. They've been an above average to excellent team. Yes, and the only reason we didn't make the playoffs last yeah. year was because we got fucking. Must be nice for all yeah. their diehard fans who have been waiting fifty years to see him win. Oh wait, that's Toronto. <laughs> I will. I will say that uh, I, have a, I have a friend um, who's on. That was Vegas. more of a joke about the Leafs, but you. Know. I know, but she she went on this great like um, thing on Twitter recently because people were talking about like that type of situation where, well, they've only been fans for this many years. And there was this whole idea about Vegas being like a transplant city. Like a lot of the people who live there are like, they, there's not as big of a sense of community in certain degrees. And that a lot of the people that are fans of the Vegas golden Knights only started to get that sense of uh, community. And this happens for all kinds of sports team. Cause I know people who like, like uh, their women's basketball team and stuff like that. Also, have a sense of community around that. But she was like, I didn't, she's like, she made more friends and more people that she interacts with because of the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, than she has, and she was like, her family was transplants, but she's been there since she was like three. So I think that type of thing is kind of an interesting. And, well, and, to be fair, a lot of Hawks fans have only been fans for about five <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, I'm like, not shitting on that. I'm just uh, making a joke. It's, it was yeah. just, and it's more like, you know, like if you're, if your team has one really good season, like that's great. And like people will come out, but it's when you have uh, continued sustained success and people keep coming back season after season because fun things happen during the season and the, in the postseason. That's how you build a more dedicated fan base when there's consistent, reliable success. Like that's why the Hawks got so big. Like 2010 was cool. And a lot of people got on board, but it was really, it really wasn't until 13 uh-huh. that they really like took over the whole city. So it's, it's more, it's like, you can't really just be a one year wonder. That's like when the, the Avs moved out to Colorado from Quebec. Like they, I believe their first season, I think is they won the cup. Out they there. won the cup. Yeah. yeah. And then, but-, but then they kept, they kept hovering around and they won another one in that time. So like it, it's, it's, that's how you build a fan base is with I, long-term I think Vegas success. is interesting though, because this is their first pro franchise. They didn't have pro sports. 
And it's such like a big destination city. It's such showtime, such big money there that it, it feels a lot bigger scale than like Denver. Do you not consider their women's basketball team to be a professional? Yeah, I was going to say. Okay, I'm sorry. I, let me just say this. Big big four pro that's, that I get on that's television fine. regularly. I'm not shitting on women's basketball. You no, know, I know. There was just, there was a thread that went around um, yesterday and today that was some guy that said, What's a professional sports championship parade look like in Vegas? I think we're about to find oh, out. Yes. Everybody yes. replied with, dude, this happened in September. It was, uh, we already AJ, know what it looks like. I think it was AJ Wilson. I think it's her name. That's um, that, that Yeah, she, she, she responded. <laughs> yeah. um, it was like a picture of her spraying champagne on people, I think. Aja. Aja, yeah, thank Aja. you. Aja. There we go. Um, so, hey, speaking of uh, championships, uh, so the Seattle Thunderbirds and the WHL have uh, a trio of Blackhawks prospects. Well, I guess had now uh, a trio of Blackhawks prospects on them. See that wonderful segue into Blackhawks hockey. Um, but they played the Memorial cup on Sunday night and lost to the Quebec Remparts, who apparently were just an unholy juggernaut of a Canadian junior team this season. Uh, can't say I watched a ton of them, but I Patrick was their coach. So I, I guess was a good junior coach, but anyway, um, did he murder anybody yet? I don't think so. I don't think he challenged any opposing coaches to fight. Hasn't, yet eat, hasn't eaten any refs alive. Eh, give, give it to all. Oh, oh, they won. So he's, he's in a better mood, but um, Kevin Korchinski, Colton doc and Nolan Allen all played pretty substantial roles on that team. And so I, I guess that did any of the three of you watch any of the games? Cause a few of them were on the NHL network for the last week. Did anybody catch any live action of this? Uh-uh. A bit too prospect purge for me, Dave. <laughs> So, so I was the only one. Well, this is gonna be a quick conversation then. <laughs> <laughs> I watched other games. I did not watch any of okay. the final bit. Well, just I, I think like uh, Colt, Colton Doc and Nolan Allen both had pretty good seasons. They're both going to go to Rockford, and how their Rockford season unfolds is probably going to tell the story of how the next chapters of their NHL or their hockey careers go. Korchinski is the interesting one for me because I didn't watch a ton of the Memorial Cup or I didn't really watch anything during the season. But like we had those regular prospect updates. And every time I checked in, Korchinski was still over a point per game, still doing uh, awesome on the power play. And he kept doing that all the way through the season. And he uh, I I think he in, in the five Memorial Cup games, I think he had three assists. So didn't score, but was still playing a ton of minutes and doing things that you would want a number seven overall pick to do. and. This is going to mildly get ahead of ourselves here because we're not going to know this until training camp come September, but I'm really finding it hard to see any way he's not at least breaking training camp with the Hawks next season. And and I have a hard time understanding why they would send him back to the WHL because I don't know what else he can learn from playing another season there. Yeah, the only counterpoint that you would have is that the whole idea of rushing, like – it sucks that junior like you can't go to the AHL where you could maybe yeah focus on other things that are not nece- like like that aren't necessarily skills you can pick up in junior um mostly it's physicality i feel like um it's a little bit faster but i think mostly it's the physical side of it yeah um, for sure cuz you're going to be playing against much more adult males not just like other teenagers yeah and i i feel like boquist like part of his issue is that they rushed him a little bit. I don't, I think other 
they've done this with a lot of different, I think part of the problem they have with defensive prospects was this. Um, I mean, I think issues, Boquist issues were bigger than that. And I think Korchinski had a more well, well-rounded junior career than Boquist did. Cause I think Boquist only spent one year there, but like in general, um, mm-hmm. offensively, they're not that dissimilar. I don't believe, um, what was why didn't I pull this up ahead of time? Uh, <laughs> Boquist had sixty points in fifty four OHL games, um, so seventy three. So yeah, like a little bit better. Kuchinski was better. Um, Boquist was not on as good of a team. I don't believe. Yeah, that Seattle team was like the. They made a bunch of trades during the season and really loaded up. Like they traded for Nolan Allen. And they, I, uh, and they traded for Colton Doc, uh, and I think made some few others in there too. So that that was a pretty juggernauty WHL team. I remember Boquist was much was better in the playoffs. I remember it being like a like, oh look how many points he's getting. Look at him go. Um, so I mean, there was a lot of hype of Boquist coming in, and he wasn't terrible it just felt like he wasn't really ready but he also looked like he was too advanced for the ohl so like i wonder the hope is that korchinski can make the transition um because again i agree with you he probably is too good for juniors now yeah like i i mean I feel like if you brought him to the NHL level, like there, you're not going to play him in a full 82. I mean, we're, as we're talking, like he just wrapped, wrapped up his hockey season. So he's, he's played a lot and he is only 19 years old, but, um, but like that, that's a lot of hockey for anyone. Like he'll need time to recover. And next season, maybe they limit him to only 60 games because as you're learning to adapt to the NHL level, part of it is learning to play like three, four games a week and, and just the, the constant pounding that your body takes. But if you, you give him like, you know, 50, 60 games and, uh, you know, shelters minutes, put him in offensive zone starts as much as possible. Let him get some power play time. I feel like that is going to be more beneficial than anything he could do in the, and then scoring 95 points in 50 WHL games. Cause who cares at this point? Uh, and just, I, I still go back to training camp. Like, uh, last season when, he just looked the part like that. And that's, I feel like we haven't said that about any Blackhawks defenseman in like 15 years. I don't know. Shay or Mill, do either one of you, uh, or either one of you want to talk me out of my uh, Kevin Korchinski hype? Cause I'm all aboard. No, I mean, it's definitely encouraging. It's like something I've, I've said about him whenever I've written about him or spoken about him is that this is kind of a different area or a different, like, time like when they're drafting defensive teams are looking for guys who can skate at the you know most elite level who can play offense and defense and are not just one or the other mm-hmm. um and i think if he's supposed to be one of those guys you're gonna need him to compete to win and there is I, i'm with betsy like you don't want to ruin him but you also there is a certain point where you just gotta let him take his bumps yeah like he's uh, got- it's just hard to know when that is yeah, well, that's that's why they uh, pay the people in the front office millions of dollars to to know those things. Is so. that why? Because the last like decade. <laughs> well, <laughs> theoretically, that is why they get paid the big bucks for the job mm. that they have. Mm. OK, mm. Mm. is that why? Um, so. Again, he compared himself to one of my favorite players. Yeah, but I'm very high on that favorite player right now. So if he's if he's anywhere near him, that's a really good player. <laughs> 
My guy finally came alive in the Stanley Cup final. I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. He's back. I'll say, I was kind of, like, I was one of those people that wasn't, like, super high on Korchinski, his draft year. Not that I didn't think he was a good player. I just didn't think he was a top 10 player. There weren't, there were people, other, lots of people that thought that, but. There, there was a general consensus that the Hawks had kind of reached to get him. Yeah, and I will say that I was impressed with his progress in the games that I saw. One of his issues was for being such a good, like, puck handler, he, like, had weird yips with it, too. Like, he reminded me of Johnny Oduya, where you're, like, when he's puck handling and it's done well, he does it exceptionally well. But then all of a sudden he'd be like, now I'm going to throw this puck away or I'm going to, like, let this guy strip me without even, like, giving up. Basically, like, fuck it. Yeah, like, okay, you, it's fuck, your puck now. Fuck it, full um, send. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Up the, the glass, and God, I hope something good happens. Just me yes. playing NHL on PlayStation. Yes. Um, and from what I saw and what I've read, he did that. Like, he had much better puck management uh, no matter where he was on the ice. So as long as you're seeing improvement in those areas that he had weakness in, then I think that's all that you can ask for. And he obviously has like high, high end skills. That was never yeah. in question. Yeah. Like I was, I was like trying to think of like, I feel like he's a unique prototype for like the specific skill set that he has. Like, I don't think the Hawks have had, uh, I feel like that's something we do a lot as we try to like compare any of the current or future Hawks to Hawks of years past. Like obviously like the offensive oriented game is like might evoke memories of Brian Campbell, but I think it feels like it's in a different way, the way that Korchinski does it. So it's, it's a, it's a very unique thing. And I think just, it's going to be interesting. Like this is going to be one of the first test cases for the front office and for coach Luke Richardson about you have a guy who has clear, pretty obvious talent. Can you take that talent and mold it into an NHL hockey player? Cause, uh, there's there's going to be a lot more coming behind them, um, but it's just it's uh, I'm I'm interested to see that first test that I I hope it starts next season because, uh, Kochinski just looks like a fun hockey player to watch and you know, Connor Bedard's going to be cool. Which by the way, you guys uh, Connor Bedard's going to be a Blackhawk in about three weeks. Isn't that pretty <laughs> cool? I so uh, this is completely not something I had put in the uh, in our agenda for the night. But so when when they draft Bedard in three weeks. He will still be 17 years old. So yeah. I don't know about the like the legality of this. And also like he's a Canadian as well. So I don't know if that factors in as well. Can he even sign an NHL contract until he turns 18? Or wouldn't his parents have to sign it for him as the legal guardians? <laughs> like that's I, I've, I've never had that thought cross my mind last night as I was talking with uh, I think I was talking with my mom about it. Like, I don't think he can sign that document. Uh, or they just have to wait, like, I, I like mid-July. I think when Canadian children are 14 or 15, if they're good enough at hockey, their parents sign their lives away. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I think I think he will have to get his mom or dad to, like, okay, I'm or, his parent guardian. Here's my signature that I can send to my kid signing this contract. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I imagine they might I do just that wait. with draft rights, and then he can sign when he's 18. I, I assume they just have to – they could just, like, wait till mid-July and then do it, but – I also enjoyed that they trotted him out during the the TNT broadcast, and he was like, "Yeah, if Chicago drafts me, like, yeah, if, sure." 
You see the you see the roast he got off on balls. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's low hanging fruit, but I appreciate that he still plucked it. It was it was a good line. It was I I don't I want to know is if somebody came up with that for him or if he did that himself. I'm real, if he if he came up with that himself, he's gonna be the fucking best. <laughs> well, he's gonna what, be the wait, best. Wait, what was this? He, he he said he he was great to be on a panel with Gretzky and Anson Carter and all these good hockey players. And then Biz is here as well. Something like oh, that's that. beautiful. Yeah. And I'm yeah, also was, glad he gave Anson's well due because Anson Carter was a great player on a bunch of shitty teams. Yeah, Anson Carter was very cool. I remember uh, very good in some of the NHL games in the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm. Um, so I, I guess that we'll, uh, we'll have more uh, Blackhawks prospect talk was, over, the, over the summer. I was trying ahead, to Betsy. find an instance where a 17-year-old – Thing and the only one that's coming up is uh, Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, there Let's we go. Let's go. I want to. I'm going to put Kovalchuk on my Thrasher's jersey. That is. Please do. Um, so I would the, anger a lot of people. So the only, like, the only other kind of Blackhawks related news that we had to talk about this evening. Well, I guess we could talk about Patrick Kane confirming the hip surgery that everyone is suspected he needed for like three years now. Um, <laughs> so a he's, full fucking replacement. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good luck to that. I guess that'll, that'll help quell the uh, cane back to the Blackhawks talks since he's not going to play half the season. Um, but in, in a much different vein. So there was a, I think it was an Elliot Friedman report that came out either today, today being Tuesday or Monday. I don't remember, but it was that the uh, Ottawa senators are exploring I guess there it was phrases like doing their due diligence, but part of that due diligence is uh, exploring trade offers for Alex to bring it. So obviously um, this like as soon as uh, Alex to bring it and trade rumors come up, every Blackhawks fan who enjoyed watching to bring it's like, that'd be cool. Uh, Cause I, I certainly would love if they got Alex to bring it back, but in, in the actual like real world, is there, is there any way this is even possible? There's no way, right? No. Okay. I don't see it. I, yeah, I, the... I, Go ahead, Mill. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, you know, the best way I could put this is is a scripture reference, but I'm pretty sure that the new GM went all Pontius Pilate and washed his hands of that whole anybody who was on that fucking team. He <laughs> yeah. said, nope, you're gone. Unless they yeah. were in the system or there's a couple of guys that are still going to be around because they couldn't trade them. He was like, goodbye. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Brinket. Yeah, it was I just think, wanting to start over. Go ahead, Betsy. I think Kyle Davidson would take to bring it back. Like if this was just him signing, you know, like if it was didn't involve a trade. The problem is that he's not going to give up the assets required, and, you know? I and the, the and the Blackhawks don't have a lot of assets to part yeah, with. Be, That's the whole because, point. That's a very good point. because because Ottawa is a team that is like. Like they've got uh, Sanderson's coming up on the blue line. They've got Stutzla at center. They got Brady Kachuk. So like they're, I don't think, yeah, they're, I don't know if they're in win now mode or, but they're very close to it. So they're not like the Hawks have 86,000 draft picks, but the only like, like they would, uh, Ottawa would want NHL ready talent right now and, or, or like veteran proven players. So unless Ottawa wants Seth Jones, like, uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to be that interested in Tyler Johnson. And then, how about Caleb Jones? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> RFA for RFA. Caleb Jones for Alex Debrinket. Straight hey, up. Hey, we did them a favor, even though it might have like that trade. See that we might have won that trade now. To be honest with you, 
I know that's like a dumb discussion that fans love to have. But if they get nothing out of Dabrinka and Korchinski pans out, that's a good trade for the Hawks. They'll get something out of Dabrinka, though. Whether or not they'll get the same quality out of Dabrinka that one, Dabrinka would have brought to them, or two, what the stuff that they gave to the Blackhawks, that quality. But there will be teams that want Dabrinka, especially coming off not a great year for him. Like, I think the down year. I think so, inter- yeah, whoever wants to entice Kane to sign is gonna <laughs> go for Debrinke, right? I, I think yeah. I think the interesting thing to watch with him is if like if uh if Ottawa just gives him the qualifying restricted free agent offer, whatever that is, and that that's just a one year deal, then next summer Debrinket would be an unrestricted free agent. Then if Debrinket hit unrestricted free agency next summer, then maybe we talk a little bit more seriously about that potentially happening because that like to break it would still be like what like 26 27 and the hawks would be closer to the competitive or at least like competing for a playoff spot window so adding a veteran talent like to it would be more uh congruent with their timelines but i it's well we'll we can cross that bridge ne- uh, this time next year after kind bedard's already won like 300 trophies for the hawks <laughs> Are there any team that trades for Dabrinkit needs to do the like what Seth Jones did, which was the Ottawa Senators need to allow his agent to talk to them about tra- a trade and sign, like if they're going to sign mm-hmm. an extension to get the best out of it. Because a lot of these like fan deals, like that people are doing online, they're throwing around like top ten picks, which is what the the Blackhawks got for him. So that makes sense, but it only makes sense if you can extend to bring it past that one year. Does yeah. it make any sense otherwise? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I would like we, we, the last episode we did a few weeks ago, we talked extensively about, uh, what it would take for the Hawks to trade up to the top 10. Uh, it, it was like a lot of like, I don't think this is really going to happen, but here's what it would take. And it's similar with the Brinkett. Like, I definitely don't think this is actually going to happen, but, uh, at least not this year, but and next year, maybe. We can all dream, right? That that would be that would be pretty cool to bring it came back onto the Hawks, but you know, reality and all that. Why? Because you don't have to buy a new jersey. <laughs> You're goddamn right, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are expensive. Um, yeah, but they're going to be selling ninety eight off the ass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's there's only really one other like kind of Blackhawksy news thing that's come up, and I I, I don't think we need uh, we've. I, we've kind of touched on this a few times before. I think I remember one episode in particular, but there was there's reports out there from a bunch of different places that both uh, Joel Quinville and Stan Bowman have requested meetings with Gary Bettman per the terms of whatever reinstatement they're going to get into the NHL has to go through these meetings with Bettman. And I, I, I don't know how much there is to, to say about all that until like the meetings happen beyond. And then we find out if, they're actually going to entertain this idea or not, but I don't, I just like, if they meet with the commissioner, that's one thing, but it still feels like there has been a general, like sure. Like Quinville lost a job and Bowman lost a job, but uh, they're never going to close the gap between how, uh, between what they lost and what Kyle beach lost as a result of their missteps in their positions. But if uh, Bowman and or Quinville, like at some point you just got to go sit in front of media and answer questions and like not a pre-recorded interview, 
not any like team PR bullshit. Like get there, like go sit in front of a microphone, let reporters from third party outlets ask you questions about what the fuck happened. And if you're not going to do that, you don't belong in the NHL. And if like, if people, I'm sure there are people out there who believe they've already forfeited any other NHL positions for the rest of their lives. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to disagree with you, but if you're going to at least entertain some avenue to them coming back, there's gotta, there's gotta be some, some sort of like public acknowledgement of what they did. Cause I don't think either one has done that yet. I'm a little confused on like, don't get me wrong. Like the whole situation stinks, but I think Quenville could still get a job if they let him coach, but like yeah. who would hire Stamboman? Oh, well, well, well. Uh, Jackets just hired Babcock. I mean, I know that situation is not the same, but he was a tormentor of his players. I, I I don't agree that like he should have a job, but I still think Babcock. Like the thing is, these 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 people are not always sensitive to that stuff. They care if they're good at their job or not, which sucks. But like Babcock got teams to do well. Like Stan Bowman's bad, right? Like that's known. <laughs> no, yeah. he should have been fired years before. I definitely he did. actually left. I'm not trying to be insensitive to the topic. I'm just bringing no, that you're... counterpoint up of like, who wants to hire him? Somebody. Bowman, would. yeah. Oh, I thought, for some reason, I thought you said Quinville. I was like, I can see Q getting a job because he's good. Right, right, right. Bowman, yeah. But, I mean, look at some of the GMs that still get jobs. Look at the fucking trade Columbus made today. Mm, like, yeah. How, how, did, how did Philly get rid of their insanely bad overpriced awful defenseman and they got a first and a second how the fuck did that happen garbage league man man i'm just like thinking about it though the same it's like because my brother and i were talking about this we're like man babcock we were talking about him the other day we're like he he's a prick but like he he was i guess to some extent a known good coach at various points of his career Counter, Sutter, yeah. <laughs> Calgary. Yeah, but also he's like a, he's a hundred though. Yeah, but he's a known good coach who was also a dick and um, was a dick in Calgary, and that was the main reason he like. I mean, he didn't get. Oh yeah, he's he stunk it up there. I get you. I'm with you on that. But I just mean like, I understand the idea of teams who are ready to compete and are, like or think they're ready to compete, looking at these guys. But, like, I just don't understand who would want Stan Bowman. No, I know. I agree with that. Because his last name is Bowman. <laughs> if, uh, but, like, it's like you're risking no. you're risking bad PR as it is with these coaches. But you're like, if you can win, you're probably thinking, well. But, like, and I'm just trying to get to these people's heads because it is what it is. Uh, that sounds like a dangerous place to be. Well, I wouldn't maybe, recommend that. Maybe it depends on the team because arguably Bowman did do a good job. You know, like 2010 to 2015. Um, he he rebuilt essentially around like and it was an established core, but he rebuilt around them completely between 2010 and 2013 and added good pieces in between 13 and 15 um, to keep those teams competitive. And there are teams that exist like that because one of the I mean, the team that keeps popping up is the Penguins. Yeah, um, uh, they, they got Dubas, though. 
Yeah, of course they did, but like that was the name, and that was like the mm-hmm. type of team. But then, like, but then they'll have to bring in the assistant GM Stan Bowman so that Dubas has a winner behind him or some dumb shit like that. Well, I just, I just mean that like that—that's the archetype of the type of team yeah. that Mike is looking for a Bowman, which is a team yeah. that was close okay. to making the playoffs and could have gone on a run with how you know weird the East was this year. Um, they had a goalie, but Pittsburgh's got a short leash for people though. That's true, but like they don't that they only need Bowman. They would only need him for a short period of time because it's not like Crosby and Malkin are going. They're not going to have that many more years. Yeah, they're fucking old. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I mean, they're going to be good, but they're not. It's not going to be like <laughs> the years. It'd be of worse than Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall, oh, people want to hang him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Ugh. I think it's an inside job as a flyer. <laughs> Um, well, <laughs> yeah. People no, like I talked to people. They're pissed. I was like, "Well, I, he does yeah, think." Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's what it is. I uh, there's not really any other Blackhawks related topics we're going to get to. I mean, there's going to be uh, we'll probably I, I could tell you in advance, folks. We're probably not going to have an episode next week because uh, I'm going to be on vacation, and there's just not really much to talk about. But then I think the week we get back, we can start like looking towards. The draft in the offseason, there will be actual things to talk about again. So uh, I, I've hit all the topics I've wanted to. Uh, uh, do we have anything, any other thoughts before we get to the the food take to continue our uh, our mantle as the best uh, best food themed hockey podcast on the internet? I'm Which, out of by, by the way, I, I uh, uh, this maybe I'll throw it up on the internet somewhere, but we may have a, a shirt that's being uh, illegally made somewhere by somebody with that theme on it. So I'll, I'll have to show it to the class at some point. It's, it's incredibly, uh, I, I was going to say incredibly well done, but that might be stretching. But anyway, any, any, any final thoughts before we get into the, into the next topic? Good. Cause Betsy said it's something about donuts and I'm here to talk. <laughs> about donuts. Are we ready for food? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it. Um, so my donut take is that there's no such thing as a good donut filling. They're all Ooh. lackluster in comparison to frosted donuts. Um, the best, like you can't go wrong with a classic um, chocolate frosted donut, but practically ever frosting that I've ever had is much better than a filling. I just don't like donut fillings at all. There's too much of it, <laughs> which is weird because I like pie and I don't, I feel like pie and donut fillings aren't that different. And I like jams and I like jellies. So you'd think I'd like it, but I do not. I hate, I hate <laughs> like anything that has, especially ones that kind of have custardy textures to them. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. Custard inside a donut's terrible. I'm with you on that. I think if you get a good, uh, a well done jelly donut, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that bad. I, I don't, um, it's, it's kind of like the pizza discussion and that there's not really a bad choice here, but maybe there's some that are just better than others. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm gonna, my ideal donut has no filling in it, but I also, I would not, uh, I would not kick a jelly donut out of my box of a dozen donuts if I had to. I wouldn't eat one that has, which is weird because I like um, I like buns that have like savory buns, 
Like, Don't we all, folks? Uh, <laughs> like if you go to like a Korean bakery or something like that, and they'll have savory foods along with their other stuff, uh, and they'll have like meat buns. Those are good, but I, I don't like sweet buns. <laughs> sweet buns or sweet donuts. Uh, there's no yeah, there. There's no way to say that without it sounding at least uh, just the way it did. But it was a little weird. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm the shit. outcast here. Go, please, how so? I I like like a good Boston cream donut or Bavarian cream, whatever. Like I like those filled ones. I like the Long Johns that are filled. Um, I don't know why. I think it just gives it a little extra. Mm. But I understand why people don't like them. Like I'm not gonna like die on some fucking hill over it. I just think <laughs> that they're decent with a cup of coffee. I sometimes wonder if it's a texture thing. Like it could don't... be because you brought that up before with other foods. And if you if you are in, if you are not expecting there to be a filling in a donut and there is a filling in the donut, it is a very unpleasant experience. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, it's not, and it's not a good one at well, all. Like, was it you that said you didn't like lettuce on a sandwich? Yes. Okay, so that's a texture thing though, right? Because yes. you like salad. I am okay with eating salad as a side. I do not think salads are real meals. Because you no, don't no, no, I know, but I meant, like you'll, you'll you consume don't. the lettuce in that setting. Yes. <laughs> I will eat yeah, lettuce so I, and just do not want it on things. I think this is a texture thing because most of the donuts that I go for that have filling, I think the filling is not as sweet as the frosting because sometimes the frosting is too sweet for me, even though I like it. Mm-hmm. So that could be why. That could be why, too, because, like, if I go into – it might just be, like, expectation of the texture, too, because I don't remember having donuts with fillings in them when I was younger. Like, that wasn't, like, a thing that we – we didn't eat donuts that much, but when we did, it, they were almost always just simple – Regular, like just basic glazed and then chocolate glazed. Um, sometimes with sprinkles because that's what you give children. Um, that makes it child appropriate, I guess. Um, but if you give me like a cupcake with a filling in it too, I also don't like that. Um, I'm like, don't, I, I don't need that. Uh, if it has little bits of fruit, maybe, but it can't have any type of like jam ish type of thing. Or cream. I don't. I don't like that surprise. I Even guess if I'm expecting it, it feels like a surprise. I, this. I guess the main thing we have here is there such a thing as a bad donut? I, and I don't think so. Well, I think I, the, the thing. Was, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say that I don't. If I bite into something and it has a filling, I won't eat that donut. So to me, that's a bad donut. Oh yeah. See, I I can't go that far with you because I. I Although the custard ones aren't good. The reason I brought it up is because my, if you go to like Publix or Ingalls down here in the South and you just go up to the donut people, the, the bakery people are not donut people, the bakery people, and you just <laughs> say, get me an assortment, they will often pick at least one filled donut, one with a filling. And yes, it's for me. <laughs> and it's always the one that we... Like, doesn't matter if it's me or my nep- nephew, we're going to bite into it and we're going to be like, okay, this was a waste of money. And then, and then you're going to put it back? <laughs> we're going to throw it away. Oh, oh no. I'll give you my How address. dare you? you can mail yeah. it to me. Um, 
I had a client bring in a box of donuts today, and uh, I had a, a frosted, a chocolate frosted French cooler, and that kicked ass. Yeah, I mean, that's like my favorite donut, though. There's so much like the simple like chocolate frosted ones. Like, if you can't make just a good like chocolate cake, a good cake donut with chocolate frosting on top, like that. That's like if you go to any restaurant and like if you just order a simple cheeseburger. Like if they fuck that up, you don't want to get anything else. If you go to a bakery and they can't make you the the basic uh, cake donut with chocolate frosting on it, then you probably don't want to get anything else from there. But again, like there's there's I feel like every small town or most small towns you go to, they'll have the, you know, insert name here, pasta free s bakery. If you walk inside that bakery and you get a donut, it's going to be good. Yeah. Monster donuts when there's not a car crash into it. (laughs) Rise and roll. They're all good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, there, there's like, there's like five in every neighborhood of Chicago. I couldn't even name one, but yeah, yeah there's, there's, a ton of, there's a ton of donut places here too. Um, less in the city I'm in right now, but in Atlanta, there's a ton. Um, I had a cinnamon glazed one mm. recently and I'd never had that before, which it's really good. And it, I, it was like brown sugar and cinnamon, um, which is my favorite mm. pop tart flavor. Mm. So I'm surprised I've never had it before. Not, probably, not, probably slotted up into my top two. Cause I don't think you, like you said, you can't go wrong with a chocolate one, like chocolate frosted. All Just right. Plastic. All right. I think, I think we need to get top, top one or two donuts from everyone. Just to get, get a little more specific on this. So Betsy, you, I think you gave at least one there. What what are your what are your top just give me a top two. Not necessarily in order, but just your top your go-to donuts. Go to. Um okay, so I like the maple glazed ones. Those are those are really good and pretty common down here. Um and then chocolate glazed. But cinnamon that cinnamon one was really good. I just need to eat it more. Um and those are none of those are fancy ones. Uh Nutella's not bad either. Okay. Mill? Um, French cooler is my favorite chocolate frosted is, uh, preferred, but not needed on okay. top of it. And then, uh, you guys probably won't back me on this, but I like the chocolate frosted long John that has the custard filling in it. Sorry. Ooh, okay. You had me until custard filling. I like my long <laughs> boys, Dave. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Shay, what about you? I know you've been resting your vocal cords, but, uh, do you, do you have a couple donuts for us? Vanilla Long John or Boston Cream. Okay. So you like you do like Yeah. Okay. Shay likes fillings. Okay. Shay and I like a lot of same desserts. I feel like. Hmm. We're like on the banana thing, and like we've talked about this with various ice creams. I feel like. Uh huh. Yeah, I think uh, I I think for me it's going to be just the basic uh, cake donut with chocolate frosting on top. And then uh, I'm a big bear claw guy. Really like bear claws. Mm. Uh, And they're, but they're like, they're it's, it's some of the places make them unnecessarily large to where you feel terrible about yourself (laughs) after eating them. Like it, like I I know why it's called a bear claw. And sometimes it feels like it's the size of the biggest bear claw you've ever seen in your life. But um, yeah. So yeah, chocolate cake, donut, uh, cake, chocolate, frosted cake, donuts and bear claws. That's where I'm I don't at. think it counts as a donut, but I like coffee rolls a lot. Ooh, coffee roll. Oh, man. See this? But like, I just whenever not... we would do those runs for work, they'd always be out of them. I'd be like, I want a coffee roll. We don't have them. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I like coffee cake. Mm. Well, yeah. 
Again, this this is another conversation where I just on the way to work or at some point tomorrow or, or sometime in the next few days, don't donuts are happening. So, uh, yeah. There's like we're gonna finally have the second city uh, trip to a game once and go into the UC and be like, where's the donut stand? Like we have every type of food I, you want. No, I don't know. We want donuts. I don't know where then the, there's a. It's probably in West Loop. There's a Do Right Donuts there. That is that is probably the nearest place I can think of off the top of my head to go get a donut. So uh, yeah, that's what we'll do. Or maybe or maybe before collision next Saturday. I mean, there's a billion places to get food. I'm, yeah, it's it's and it's summertime in Chicago, so there's you know it's a good time to go to all of those places. All right, well, yes. uh, I, I'm I'm out of topics. I don't have anything else to talk about. We just wanted to come by and hang out for an evening to give a uh, keep the keep the airways fresh. Anything else? Uh, any other thoughts or anything before we uh, wrap up this this episode? All right, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> that means we're done. Your side, uh, yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode. Amusing's on Madison. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We really appreciate it. And once again, like I'm, I'm going to keep saying it every week because I sincerely mean it. Everybody who is. Uh, signed up, visited the website or signed up or signed up for a paid subscription. Like I cannot thank you enough. We cannot thank you enough because uh, any of our existence beyond April 1st is entirely because of the people who listen to our uh, podcast or read our website or support us in any way. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, we can't wait to get to the next hockey season because it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the fact that we're still keeping this going is because of all of you out there. So thanks again. Um, I'm on Twitter at DML57, Mills at Mill182, Shay is at Jehovah's Witness, Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. And that's where you can find all of our content. Uh, like I said, we're probably we will not have amusings on Madison next week. We will probably have one the week after that. We are also getting some more of our Friday shows together, so we're gonna have more of those throughout the summer. Um, we're gonna keep some content rolling in as much as possible to uh, keep things fresh for the next few months while there's not much going on in the hockey world. And uh, but then before we know it, there will be another hockey season to write and talk about. But uh, until then, uh, I guess we'll talk to you in two weeks. See you then.